Welcome to Why Not, a podcast for creatives hosted by life coach and musician Jill Morris. That's me. Here, we're creating the life they told you wasn't realistic, we're going full-time with the hobby they said you'd grow out of, and we're throwing away the backup plan. Because why not live the exact life that you truly want? You in? Let's go. Welcome back, friend. So thrilled that you're here. I'm so thrilled to be here. I took a little bit of time off from the podcast. That was the announcement episode. I don't really want to get too much into that because I want to get straight to what we're going to talk about today. But I just thank you for showing up and listening and being a part of this and being a part of the community. And I'm just thrilled to be back. I think sometimes we just need to take a break from things and kind of reset our heads And especially when we're working on a lot of things at once, it's so important to focus. And so that's what I did. And sometimes when you realize that your focus is going a lot of different places, it's like, let's get to the foundations and then we build back up. So that's what I've done. That's what's happening here. And we're back. Today, I want to talk about how perfection is a lie. Now, one thing I want to say before I get into this is that I understand that sometimes I will say things that you might think or could potentially be true contradict past things that I've said. And that is because we live in a complex, nuanced world, and I just want to acknowledge it and say that I am aware of it and I can hold two truths at once. And maybe that'll be another podcast episode that I do. Let me know if this concept interests you. Just DM me on Instagram. So I do have a past podcast episode about perfectionism and how I believe that just being authentic is perfection. And I do believe that to be true. So when I'm talking in this episode about how perfection is a lie, what I'm talking about is kind of the conventional society-driven idea of what perfection is, which one is vague and not something that we all decide on, but this idea that there's some like perfect ideal, which means there's nothing flawed, which what do we even mean by flaws? And that there's like nothing that you could possibly improve upon, which it's like, it doesn't always have to be improved upon to shift and change. Like we can be fluid and authentic and perfect, and those can all exist together. So I just have, in general, obviously an issue with the word perfection, and I have my own definition. Like I said, there's a podcast episode about that. I will link that in the show notes. But what I want to talk about today is just this idea of when we are talking about, like, I don't want to do something unless it's perfect, or I don't want to share this, my art, until it's perfect. And so I think understanding what our definition is, is really the first step to dismantling the societal idea of perfection. Because like I said, it's just, it's always vague. Like I talked to a client about this yesterday, which is really what prompted me to want to talk about this on the podcast is, you know, he was like, I don't want to share this thing unless it's like the best that I could possibly do. And this is perfectionism in action. And we all do this. I do this. I found myself doing this yesterday because it's just so insidious of a thought that like it has to be perfect in order for me to share it, in order for it to be valuable, in order for me to feel good about it, which all of that is just a lie. They're all just thoughts that are just patently untrue. And again, very vague. Like, what do we even mean by that? But so he said this, like, I don't want to share it unless it's the best I could do. Like, it's the best representation of me. 
And I question it because what is the best representation of you? Is it an amalgam of the you from your entire life? Because I think that would probably be a little challenging to portray in one little video or whatever, a song or a poem or whatever the thing is that you're creating. And could it just be that the best version of me in this moment is perfect and good and enough and what I want to share and that is the best representation of me? I have a lot of, I have like a mind map in my brain of all the things that I want to talk about on this topic. So I hope this isn't too long of an episode, but we'll see where we go with it. But you can kind of see how even just this one thought of like, I want it to be the best representation of me. There's so many things to untangle in there. And one thing that also came up with another client this week is there's so many things to untangle there, but like most of the time, it can all just be entangled with one thought. Like we can dive into it and that can be really valuable. And that's a lot of what coaching is. And when you are willing, sometimes all you need is just to think, okay, anything I do is the best representation of me. So what do I want to share? Like it can, it can be as simple as just one thought that eliminates the need to even untangle because it's like, there are so many other thoughts underneath the best representation of me. What does the best mean? What is representation of me? How do I want to present myself? Why is that important? There's a lot of ways we can untangle it and we can just say, what if this just is? What if it already is the best representation of me? What if the thing that I'm sharing already is perfect? Then that's just no longer a barrier and I can just share it. A lot of this again is is just kind of under the example of let's say sharing a piece of art on social media or the internet or to even a friend, whatever the thing is, like hesitation to share your art because it's not good enough. It's not perfect. It's not the best representation of you. And so there's, you know, multiple things that could be going on of what you are fearful of, of why you want it to be perfect. And one is you know, the fear of judgment. Like you want it to be perfect so that you don't get judged, so that everyone loves it. And that alone is a lie because it could be perfect, one, in your eyes, two, in other people's eyes, and they still could judge it. Perfection doesn't preclude you from judgment. One, because it's subjective. So it's just not possible to make something that not only you think is perfect, but that literally everyone on earth thinks is perfect. It's just not feasible. And also why, like why, why is that important? And I just don't think that it is, but it, be, it feels important because you don't want judgment. But the reality is, is that everyone is judging everything in their sight, in their sound, like everything all of the time. Like judgment is just happening. It's just human beings having opinions. And, you know, a lot of times we have enough ego that we feel like we need to share them with other people. And that can be wonderful and it can hurt if the judgment isn't what you wanted to hear. So there's for sure a lot of things that we can go into on the topic of judgment. But I think what's important for today is just to know that even if you do something quote unquote perfectly, it doesn't absolve you from someone judging you. So if you're worried about judgment, perfection is not the thing that's going to help. Knowing how to handle your emotions when faced with judgment is much more useful than trying to produce something you think is perfect to appease someone else so they don't judge you. It's just not going to work. And it's a waste of your time, really. It is much more valuable not only to 
what I just said, like work through your own emotions around judgment, but to just say, do I like this? That's so much more valuable because really even the judgment, like all of it just impacts you. So you might as well like it because judgment is going to happen no matter what, even if it's not perfect. Now on that same topic, this is something I tell all my clients and I just think, I don't know why we forget this all the time, but part of that thought too of like, well, if it's perfect, then they won't judge me or I want to make it perfect so that they don't judge me is we're really forgetting how much people like seeing the messy parts of everyone else's life. People love it. I just think back to, you know, the Napster days when we were all just willy-nilly downloading whatever was on there and hoping for the best. And nine times out of ten, it wasn't what the title said it was. And so often, it was like a scratch track or it was the demo of a song before they did the studio version or the, like, professional, like, album version, whatever. It was the messy version of a song or it was, like, a live version where they messed up. And... We loved that. We still do. Like, human beings love authenticity. You see this everywhere, and yet we tell ourselves that that doesn't apply to us. But it's not true. And if you want a just real quick recent example, go to my Instagram. I did a live. If you're listening to this in the future, it was from January of 2022. (laughs) I almost forgot what year it is. But I did a live and I played a song. At this point now, I forget. Oh, I played Paramore. And I talked a lot about this. And I got a lot of hearts while I was playing. And it was not, not even the best representation of me. It was not my best performance. It was not a perfect representation of the song. It was a cover. It, It was messy. And yet... People liked it. Why? Why did they like it if it wasn't perfect, if it wasn't even my best, if it was real messy and I messed up a lot and I said I messed up in the middle of it? Why did pe- why did anyone like it? Because we like that stuff. It humanizes you because we all have that part of ourselves. We have the part where we're showing up and we're doing things really well, whatever that means to us. And then we have the parts of us that are failing forward and messing up and getting messy and making mistakes and failing and working through it. And I think that people really like seeing that much more than anything else. It's why reality shows are so popular. Now, when they get super produced, we stop liking them as much because it takes away the rawness of reality. And that's what we like. Now, it's not to say that, like, of course It's not to say that there's no value in like a polished album or a song that is the best representation or like the best you could possibly do at this point in time. Like we also like that, but it's just we like all of it. We like people to express themselves. We like to see it. And I say we because I know that you listening also like that. We love seeing behind the scenes of our favorite artists and musicians We like knowing what goes into the songs. We like seeing them fail because it reminds us that it's okay to fail and it doesn't mean that you can't be successful. Now, of course, like success itself is such a vague, subjective word, but that's great because then, yes, you can have the success that you want and you're gonna fail on your way there. 
and truly the only way to fail is just to quit. So the the failure on the way there is just the road that you took. Like it's only a failure if you quit. So if you keep going, it's just one of the ways that you're learning on the way. It's just a lesson and people love to see it. So I just think it's so important to remember when we're putting perfection on a pedestal, which again, there's just so many, (laughs) so many ways we can go about tackling this topic. It's just perfection doesn't exist, but let's just say that it does, whatever. It's on a pedestal. It's still not the only thing that people enjoy. And a lot of times, I just remember too, I, my favorite band is Streetlight Manifesto. And I remember the first time I saw them live, their set was so tight that I walked out kind of disappointed. <laughs> I just remember being like, I don't know, I could have just listened to the album. Like, that was just like, it w- It sounded like the album. And so that's cool. But I, I don't know, I wanted a live experience where they don't need to like, you know, completely break down in the middle of a song, but like, I want to see them play it right now in this moment. And, you know, that's my opinion about it. But I think a lot of people share that to some extent in a lot of different contexts. I think that a lot of people, all of us, we just, we love to see people being people, (laughs) people being human beings. And art is our expression of, of how we see and experience the world. And so why would we want that to be any less authentic than just our real authentic human experience? You know what I mean? Okay. So that is a huge part of it. It's just that like perfection isn't even, it, it isn't even a useful goal for the fact of one, it doesn't, preclude you from judgment. You're still going to be judged whether you think it's really great or not. So you might as well just say, do I, am I enjoying this versus is this the best I've ever done? Cause that's not going to stop you from being judged. It's like, do I like it for whatever my criteria is for liking it? And People really love to see the messy parts of life, the messy parts of art, the messy parts of being an authentic human being. And then the other part of it too is that we are almost always, I would argue 99.99999% of the time, we are our own worst critics. We are so harsh on ourselves. And for sure, there's a lot of work we can do to just be more compassionate. And that is its own episode that maybe I'll do eventually as well. But what I want to say about it in the context of perfectionism is that it's something I remind myself because it allows me to see that that's the lens I'm looking at. My art, my expression, my whatever the thing is that I'm sharing with. Meaning, if I know that I am my own worst critic, and let's even just say I'm worried about judgment, I can reasonably assume that if I'm my own worst critic, everyone else is going to be less harsh. And so they will judge it less harshly than I. So whatever judgment I'm worried about getting from other people, it is just so ridiculously unlikely that it will be worse than whatever I'm thinking about it right now. And again, me worrying about it and me trying to perfect it doesn't mean that it won't happen either. So One, it's just not likely. I'm probably being really harsh on myself and most people will love it, whatever the thing is that I'm sharing. 
or feel neutral about it. Like most people will not be more harsh than me. So it's just not as much of a threat as my brain wants to think. Like my brain is just like, everyone's going to hate it. They're going to tell you they're going to be so mean. That's what our brains do when we're trying to be perfect. And it's just not likely. And I can handle it if they do, because I know how I feel about it and I can handle my emotions. Now, if this is something that you struggle with on top of all of the other things that we're talking about, if you want to learn how to manage your emotions and your thoughts so that this isn't an issue for you so that you can work through it so that even if it happens, you know how to handle it, work with me, book a call with me. Let's work on these things together. All you need to do is trust yourself and that just takes some thought work, some emotional management, and we can do that together. But even aside from that, I can just reasonably assume that they're not going to be harsher than I am. And if that's true, I can reasonably assume that how it's coming off to other people is probably pretty good. And I, I played a song recently for some friends at a virtual holiday party. And after the set or after I played, I was felt harsh on myself. I was like, oh, that was not my best. I was real shaky. Like I felt neutral about it. I didn't feel bad about myself, but I just was critiquing it and being kind of harsh of that just was not the best. And I asked my partner how it was. And he was like, I think that was one of the best performances you've done. And I was like, all right. So my brain is skewing things so much. I think that there is value in the critique that I have to make me a better musician, I can use it as information of like, where do I think I could have done better? And I can use that to get better. But I don't need to shame myself as if everyone hates me. I did the worst thing. They all think I'm the worst musician. And so they hate me because of it. None of that is one true and two useful. And it's just more likely that they all were like, wow, that was great. And if they didn't, it's also okay. It just is fine. It doesn't need to impact me. I can feel something about it. I can feel my emotions about it. I can decide what I want to do about it. Like if I think that someone else's critique or my own critique has value in making me a better musician, a better person, whatever the thing is. And I don't have to decide that because of a critique, because of a comment, because of judgment, that I am just inherently a bad person, a bad musician, like these these comments and judgment and critique and all these things don't have to mean something about my static identity, not only because my identity is not static, but also because it just a comment doesn't mean anything about my overall identity. And that's a lot of what's happening with perfectionism. I have to do this perfect or else I'm a bad person or else I'm a bad musician or else I'm a bad artist. And that's just not true. We are fluid human beings who are always bettering ourselves, who are always learning new things, who are always going through the roller coaster of human emotions and human experience. We are fluid. You can choose parts of your identity or you might have parts of your identity that stick around for even your whole lifetime. But that doesn't mean that every piece of your identity is static. Like you've grown since you were a child, not only physically, but emotionally, mentally, as a person, you've had new experiences. And so this one comment, this one critique, this one judgment doesn't impact that. It's your thoughts about yourself that impact your identity. So if someone comments and then you decide that comment means I'm a bad person, that's the identity that you are then choosing to step into. 
but it is optional. You can put out bad art. Like, let's just give you the thought. Let's just say I'm putting out bad art. You can do that and still be a good person, a good musician, a good artist. All of it is fluid and it just doesn't matter as much as our brains want us to think it does. One thing I've been thinking a lot about is, you know, we live a lot of our lives on the internet and it is meant to mimic real life in certain ways, you know, like we talk to people on the internet and, and connect with them. And I think that you can form genuine relationships with people online, friendships and whatever, but just meaning like there are things about it that mimic real life. But when I start to get into perfectionistic thinking and really worrying about judgment and worrying about my relationships and, you know, worrying about all of those things, like social anxiety that comes from being online, that I think really all stems from perfectionist thinking. When I get into that, I just remember, like, who is in my actual real life that I am connecting with in this moment? Is there actually a problem there? And if not, can I just let things be? Because so much of the social anxiety that comes with being online and the perfectionistic thinking and worrying about judgment and all these things are all coming from the meaning we're making out of gaps in communication. Meaning, like, if someone doesn't like something, we make meaning out of that. If someone says something, we make meaning out of the things they didn't say, out of the things they did say. We just, we attach meaning to all of these things that we don't have concrete evidence for. And that's what stirs up all of these feelings and ideas. Like, not enough people liked this, it must be bad. There's so many other reasons why someone didn't like something. And so then we get into perfectionist thinking, like, well, I just need to do this better, which always better yourself. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, of course. Like, why wouldn't you? But not because you need to earn something from it. Again, people love the messy, authentic, current version of you. People do. Could there be someone who doesn't? Maybe. Why are we thinking about them? What what value is that? There's none. Unless you're going to, again, use the critique to better yourself, that would be the only value. We really can just focus on the people that love us and fostering those relationships and doing what we think is our best simply to do our best, simply just to do that. Because why not? Not because you need to earn anything from it. Not because once you've done your best, then everyone will like you and everyone will think you're the best and everyone will love your art. That's not why we want to do things. We want to do them because that's the way we want to express ourselves and be authentic human beings. I don't share music online so that everyone thinks I'm cool. I share it because that's the way that I express myself. If people think I'm cool, neat. I appreciate it. It it feels good. But that's not the intentional reason why I do it. It's not why I create music. It's, it's, that's none of it. All of it, all of the creation process is, even if other thoughts come in there, because we do have default thoughts that just show up, it's fine. But that's not why you create. You create to express yourself. And if you're creating for other reasons, it's okay. But these perfectionistic thoughts are probably what's coming into play. And the point of this episode is just that most of them are a lie, if not all of them. And they're not useful. And you can 
just choose authenticity over perfection. I think that that is just the simplest way to solve for perfectionism is just, is this authentic? Like, we really don't need to go into all the other thoughts unless you're really getting stuck by them. And again, work with me to do this work. It will make it so much easier. You will have so much more awareness. These thoughts will still show up and not be a problem in your life anymore. You will have tools to work through them. You can book a call with me. The link is in the show notes. But no matter what, like really the thing to come around to is like whenever I'm getting into perfectionistic thinking and all I need to think is, am I being authentic right now? And yeah, there can be some fears around showing up authentically, especially if you've shown up authentically in the past and had a bad experience. But it's a, that is a reason to show up for yourself and have your own back. It's not a reason to change. So that's what I want to leave you with, is that you, right now, as your authentic self, are enough. You are perfect, simply for existing. And that is a thought that I hope that you choose to think this week. Sending you all my love. And I'll see you next time. Bye. If you liked this podcast, I want to invite you to work with me one-on-one. It all starts with a consult call where I will show you exactly how the life you really want is inevitable. And then we'll get to work making it so. To book that call, head to the link in the show notes or go to jillifred.com forward slash consult. That's J-I-L-L-I-F-R-E-D.com forward slash consult and choose the day and time that works best for you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.